nights, we will begin together doing a study that's called Experiencing God. In that study, we will explore seven realities. The first one is that God is always at work around you. God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. God invites you to become involved with him in his work. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Number six, you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. Number seven, you come to know God by experience as you obey him and accomplish his work through you. And I highlighted that fourth one there because I want to draw attention particularly to some things that I have seen God do, some ways that God has spoken through Scripture, the Holy Spirit, through people in this church about what He's doing here at Liberty and what He's going to do with us in the future. And in doing that, I want to extend an invitation to each and every one of you to join in with what God is doing here at Liberty. God is calling, you know, our, our words for a long time have, have been to rescue people, show them what we do, and send them out to do what we do. But I believe we're entering into a new season, a new expression. And what God continuously lays on my heart is Isaiah 61. I believe that what God is doing here is described in Isaiah 61 and what he is going to begin to do in a more fervent way and powerful way in the future is described in Isaiah 61, where the presence of Jesus is manifested and his ministry changes the lives of broken people. It says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And God gave me a lens to begin to see that that's what he has been doing in our church and that's what he is going to do in our church Back in October of, of 2022, I had an encounter with God in Cage Cove. I have spent a lot of time talking about that. There is a, a sermon on my YouTube channel that's called The God Who Breaks You Will Bring You Back. And, and I'm not going to go through that whole story, but I just want to hit some significant points of that story. And, and, and I just want to warn you, have you ever seen one of those detective shows where he's got this board and like he's circling things and then drawing lines. It's going to begin that confusing and then it's going to all come together at the end, I promise you. So just start drawing circles on your board as we're keeping score here. So here's, here's the significant things that happened in that encounter in the cove last uh, in October 2022. And here's a picture. There's three pictures up here I'm, I'm going to put for you and I'm going to show you um, just what was happening. So I was seeking the Lord in prayer and fasting. And early in that week, I was led to read 
late into the night, the entire book of Isaiah. Didn't know why, just felt like that's what God wanted me to start reading. So I did, and I was kind of taking notes, and man, there were things kind of jumping off the page, and the Lord was ministering to me that night, and I thought, okay, that was cool, a little study of Isaiah, what's next? The next day, I went into a church. It's the Primitive Baptist Church in Cades Cove. I felt led to just kind of turn down in there. And in all the years that I've been in Cades Cove, I've never been down to that church. So I just turned down and, and I went in there and I walked in and I sat there for a moment and I noticed there's a Bible that was in the pulpit area. And I walked up and looked and that Bible was turned to the book of Isaiah. And I was like, well, how about that, right? Just what are the chances? And so later in the week, seeking vision for the church and for the Lord, the Lord just kind of kept bringing me back to Isaiah 61. And that note that you see up there, so I went into the church and I was just praying Isaiah 61. What would the Lord show us, God? You got to give us a vision for this. What does this mean for us? And I just went out and I took a notebook and I'm kind of on the side of my truck and I just write down some things just start flowing out of Isaiah 61. And, and what you see in Isaiah 61 is brokenness. People are poor in spirit. They're brokenhearted. They're, they're captive. They're imprisoned. And, and when you've got to, you know, you're kind of thinking administratively about what this may mean for the church, one of the natural responses is, how do you pay to help people recover when they have nothing? If the Lord fills the church with people who are broken, how are we possibly going to, to be able to pay for all that of what it's going to cost to be able to do that? And the Lord showed me in Isaiah 61.5, and I circled it on my paper right there. Isaiah 61.5 says, Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. I want you to draw a circle around that because what the Lord kind of spoke to me in that is your supply will come from other places. It, it'll, don't worry about it. I'm going to bring it in from the outside, from far away, from, from ways that you did not expect. It'll be there. So I go back in the church and I pray over what the Lord has just given me. I got down in the altar and I prayed over that. And, I, and, and if you know me well, you know this has not been my nature. I just felt the prompting in my spirit that if you really are going to obey the vision that I'm giving you, then the next person who walks in this church, I want you to walk up to them and I want you to tell them that Isaiah 61 is for them and that the Lord is going to do these things for you. And that, that is not my nature at all. One, it's not my, I just, I hesitate in meeting new people anyway. But to do something very Pentecostal like that is sure not my Baptist nature, right? But I was like, okay, Lord, you know, you're, it's been a great week. I've been seeing, I'm going to be obedient to that. So I went up and these, these ladies that you see going into the church, I was, this is after this happened. So I took a picture just to prove they were there. So, and you can go back and, and watch, so it's kind of a funny story. So the lady walks in and I said it. I said, Isaiah 61 is, is what God is doing in your life. And I prayed it over her. And another lady said, tell him your story. And she began to tell me her story. She said, first of all, she had, she, uh, that, that first of all, she was homeless He says, to bring the good news to the poor. And then she talked about how she had been abandoned by her family. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And then she talked about how she was an addict to proclaim liberty to the captives. And then she said she recently got out of prison and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. She fit all four of those things that were in that passage. And God just went, boom, I'm telling you, if you'll obey me and follow me, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to use liberty to do this. It was, it was an amazing thing. It was an incredible encounter. So I came back and I shared it with the church that day. Around that time, we approved that we were going to take that house that was sitting out there for 20-something years abandoned, and for $1 a, a year, we were, or a month, or a year, I can't remember if it's a dollar, but we're going to lease it to the Grace and Joy house. They came to us with a need. We prayed over it. We said, man, that sounds like a great thing to do. So we've entered into that partnership with them. All this happened kind of in that same time. And then we enter into 2023, a year of prayer and fasting. And I'll just let you know, this year hasn't gone any way that I had planned it out for God. It hasn't, he, he has not followed my plan. Did you catch that, right? So, hey, I, this, I'll tell you this. I would, I would describe this year as being different. It's been very different. There has been a lot of stirring in the church, a lot of movement in people's lives. A lot of powerful things have taken place. There's been some transition in these things, and, and, and we've seen the Lord working, but man, it's not the new season that I've been looking for and the increase of things that, that I thought it would bring about. And so the middle of the year, I, you guys gave me an opportunity to go on a sabbatical, I know you sent me off 40 days thinking, man, he's going to come back, boy, with this unbelievable vision. And after 40 days, I came back and I told you, God only told me to do one thing, pray, right? <laughs> Remember that? And, and, and we said, hey, we need to prepare a prayer space um, in, in our church by carpeting the sanctuary. We've got these amazing altars. I can't wait to see them. They're upstairs. They're in the building as well. The carpet's in the building now. We've, we need a prayer room that we can open. The Lord, in the book of Isaiah, he says he has made this house a house of prayer, right? We want this to be a place people can come in and pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we had a need for that. It was about $16,000. In two weeks, you gave $17,000. Everything that we've needed for that has been supplied. We saw God be faithful in that. We followed his will, and, and it's taking place. And in the next couple of weeks, you'll see it all installed, and it's going to be a really powerful thing. So, um, along in there also, Jeanette retired, right? Corbin resigned. He's been nine years doing our, our children's ministry. Kind of knew that was coming before I went to go on the sabbatical. But here's the real curveball God gave us. The week that we finished experiencing God, Linda let us know that she was resigning and moving on, right? It was just like, what, Right. And, and Shannon, I, I love what she said. Experiencing God has 12 chapters. And, and she said it as perfect as anybody's. I'm just kind of like, what's going on here, right? She said, do you feel like there's an unwritten chapter 13 that's entitled, did you really get it, right? I mean, that, that's kind of how it's felt, right? Especially since later on in the fall and, and just watching what God was doing. And so we needed to search, and instead of going into those searches like we've always done, like 
Christian headhunters, just going out like you would do something in the corporate world. We're going to adopt that in Jesus' name and, and go and find people. But I challenged the personnel committee. I said, let's, let's do what, what the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 2, by, first of all, by prayer and supplication. And they came in here, their very first meeting about these searches that we needed to do was, was a prayer meeting. And I love that. And, and there's been some awkward moments just kind of waiting on the Lord in that. But the Lord's moving in it. And I want to tell you some things about it here in just a moment. As we went into the finance season to produce this budget, I, I challenged that committee as well. Man, make this a prayerful process. Just put out to all the ministry leaders. You pray first for the number that God would give you. And whatever God is, is telling us to do, let's make sure he's telling us to do this. He's going to provide for this. And, and we... Um, we went into that prayer, and, and y'all, and this is what I had planned for God, right? So what I had planned for God is that between about August and now, our offerings would exponentially increase, and it hasn't. <laughs> so, so this is what I thought, man, God's going to like increase our giving and show us on paper, hey, there's abundant proof that he's going to provide. And, 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 and I, I was hoping today to produce on paper for you a budget that I really believed we could afford and the proof was there. That's not what you have in your hand. Can't do that. Yet in all the years that I've been a pastor, I've never seen a budget come together like that one has. It's been so prayerful. It's been so unifying. We had a Sunday night prayer meeting where all the leaders were invited to come around the table. Some came, some didn't, but man, for the ones that were in the room, the Lord moved. I mean, it was just, it was very unifying. It was very encouraging. It was very affirming, very confirming. It was powerful. And so, so I want to say this to you. I am 100% confident that the budget that you hold in your hand is God's plan for Liberty Baptist Church in 2024. That's it. That's his plan. So here comes that fourth principle of God speaking, right? How do you know? You watch God speak, you read scripture, you're waiting on confirmations. And so let me go through some of the recent ways God has spoken about this over the last couple of weeks. So I want to go back to October the 8th. That's a Sunday evening. I was very discouraged. And there's a, a lot to this story, but I had gone somewhere. The Lord led me back to here. So about 9 o'clock at night, I'm sitting right about right there in the, in the auditorium. And I'm just saying, all right, Lord, you, you got to give me something. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand what's going on. I thought all these things are going to be happening. I need a word from you. And the Lord gave me Isaiah 42, verses 8 and 9. And I've been praying these verses just continuously over the last couple of weeks, trusting the Lord is going to do this. And I love these verses. And there's more in the chapter that he just laid on my heart, but these two really stand out. He says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other. That's really important. Nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And I've trusted that. 
And I've trusted that we're entering into a new season. For two years, I've been praying for a season of increase and, and fruitfulness in our church. And, and I'm like, Lord, where is it? I believe you keep showing me over and over that it's coming, but it just doesn't feel like it's happening. And so I've been holding on to that for the last couple of months and praying through it and just waiting for the Lord to tell me. When, when is this, this going to come? Have y'all ever gotten impatient with God or is it just me? Right? Yeah, I think it's, it's all of us, right? So I've been waiting on that. And, and so in my personal reading, I've got a Bible that I write in every day for the last two and a half years, been kind of working through that. I'm actually in Isaiah right now, uh, ironically enough, in my reading. And my reading from about Isaiah 50 through 57, have you ever been reading scripture sometimes and there's things in it that's just like, you need to note that. You need to know that. This isn't just for the people of Isaiah's day, but I'm telling you this now. This is your situation. I'm speaking to you. From Isaiah 50 through 57, every morning, it's been like God saying, it's coming, it's coming, here it comes. Trust, obey, believe, increase your faith, right? I mean, it's just been like, wow, right there. It explains so much. So then Tuesday morning, this past Tuesday morning, I'm, I'm finishing up my reading, and I just, there was a step of obedience the Lord had been wanting me to take for a long time that I've been holding on, off on, and on Tuesday morning, I did it. And the Lord just kind of told me, the new season begins now. It's happening right now. And I'm, I was just trusting in that. I was like, okay, Lord, that's, that's awesome. Then I was in a conversation on Tuesday afternoon with someone who said, man, I in, in the midst of that conversation, there's a lot of things going on. But remember that principle four, scripture, people, God's people, all these kind of things. Sometimes somebody says something that brings you back to scripture and God goes, that's it. I'm telling you, I'm confirming that. So in the midst of that conversation, the person said to me, man, I've been in this church for 40 years. He said, but when I walk in here, it feels like a new church. And I heard Isaiah 42, 9, bam, God saying, I've told you, it's, it's, it's happening. Tuesday night, I can't divulge the, I can't divulge the, the, what's going on here, but I think you're going to see it. But something that we've been praying about on our Sunday night prayer meetings, there was a stirring in that need that we still can't make public yet, but the provision for that need exponentially increased after our leadership meeting on Tuesday night. And again, God said, I'm telling you, the new season begins now. It came out of nowhere, y'all. It came absolutely out of nowhere. So I've just been seeing that, right? Wednesday, I didn't tell y'all this, but Jason Crabb's people told us they were coming and, and three weeks ago, we were supposed to get a contract. We hadn't got a contract on that yet. And I've just been telling them, yeah, he's coming, but we haven't signed anything. We, we, we didn't know any details. There's a lot of details of that, you know? And I've been trying to, hey, we need that, you know? And, and, and the guy that, that I was trying to get that info from just like ghosted me this week. I mean, I could get nothing back from him. And I thought, here we go back into Brian Branham Eeyore mode. You know? 
<laughs> they're, I'm, they're about to pull the plug on Jason Crabb. I, ah, you know. So Shannon lives with it every day. So I went to bed that night, and I was just, I was just thinking about something that, that, that Josh and I had met about and, and a, a verse that um, Josh Hall, that, that the Lord was, he was working on and memorizing and, you know, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, right? And man, the promise at the end of that verse and the, and the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I, and I was like, Lord, I know, I need to just give that to you. And so I just, you know, it's kind of one of them things I just prayed about, laid down, went to sleep. Three hours later, woke up. Y'all ever do that too, right? Where you're thinking. So woke up in the middle of the night. Lord, I'm still trusting you. And you know what we all do? Check my email immediately. You know what was there at 1215 in the morning? The contract. There it was. Just God saying, I'm told, I told you, got it, right? So that happened Thursday, early Thursday morning. So Thursday during the day, there were more confirmations coming. I can't really divulge the circumstances of these things, but I'm telling you, there's just a real sense things were different. And the Lord is doing a ministry here that was new and was fresh, and he was using us in a, in a very unique way. And then about three o'clock, so I, I got to go and run some errands. We have CR that night, so I'm, I'm coming back later. And, and I'm, I'm walking out of my office, and I turn the lights off, and I turn around, and I want you to see these pictures right here. So that's what I see right there on the left. And I don't, it, it's really hard to tell what's going on there. And this happens every day, y'all. I'm not telling you this is like a whoo, right? But, but every afternoon, especially this time of year, it gets so bright through that one window, I have to move my computer to the other side of the desk because it's just like burning your eyes out. So I turn the lights off and I notice just a very, it's just different. And it was that, that, that beam of light was coming right across my Bible that I had been studying for this message out of Isaiah 37 all day. The notes that I was writing on, right? And all this kind of stuff. And, and you guys that know me well, you, you, when I say this, you're going to go, yep, that's you, man. So as I've been preparing this message Thursday, Friday, thinking about it all week, even yesterday talking to Shannon, I said, man, I just... I feel like the Lord just wants me to share what he's been doing and just kind of how he's been speaking, but it sounds crazy. They're going to think I'm going crazy, right? I've talked that to a couple of different people and they're just like, hey man, just, so I've just rested in that, right? But I've been very anxious about today and just, and sharing all these kind of things. So keep that picture up there. Let me back up to Sunday night. Sunday night, we had our, our first Sunday prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, I just felt prompted. I just said, hey, let the Lord lay a passage of scripture on your heart and then go pray it over someone that, that you feel like that needs it. And there's a group of people here that are praying about something that I felt like that God gave me, Isaiah 26.3. And so... And, and by the way, this is the Bible that you see on that desk. So I, I've just kind of marked it, top of the page. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So I'm looking at this, I'm like, wow, look at how the Bible, it's, just, it's like the Bible is glowing. So I went around, I took the picture, 
and go to, I think it's the next one. I hadn't been, I didn't read Isaiah 26 to the men the night before in the in man church. I didn't read it to the staff that morning. I'm sure at some point I turned the Bible to Isaiah 26. But we all remember, I'm, re, I'm studying Isaiah 37 for, for today. And that Bible is open to Isaiah 26.3, and that light's going right across it, right? So I take a picture of that. I come in here to the auditorium to tell Scott, right? Because he's in here fixing something like he's always fixing something, right? So I'm like, man, I just got to show you this picture. This is really cool. And so we get to start talking just about what God's doing and, and, and how he's stirring. And, and I noticed because the first song we sang this morning, God So Loved, for God so loved, right? So we sang it this morning. We, that song was going to be Thursday night as well. And so Scott had Spotify playing some music, and that song was, was on, and I said, man, that's really cool. That song is, is going to be um, tonight at Celebrate Recovery. It's John 3.16, right? God so loved the world, he gave his son. And, um, and so we're talking about the picture and all that kind of stuff, and it just dawns on me. It's like, hey, look at the time. And, and I'll, I'll listen. this is another weird thing. That song started going on a loop. It just, it played over and over while Scott and I was talking. And so I pulled up that picture of the Bible and just looked at the info. I want you to look at the time I took that picture. 3.16 p.m. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> it's just, it was insane. And I don't, stuff like that, I'm like, okay, whatever. So we're just kind of mind blown about it. And so I leave the house or I leave the church and I go run an errand and I'm, I'm going to come back later. Um, and then while I'm driving back, Scott starts blowing up my phone with pictures, right? So here's the, the text messages that he's sending me. And it's like pictures of this remodel. And, and y'all, I'm so stupid, right? So I miss the very first thing. You ever been when you're driving somewhere and you just get vert, 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 right? It's coming that fast. So I miss the very first thing that he put in the text. And, and do you ever sometimes when you're getting texts from people and you don't understand why they're sending them to you, you start feeling awkward because you're like, oh my gosh, he's sending them to me and there's not supposed to be, this is supposed to be going to somebody else, right? You, you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking, gosh, he's, this is like he's texting Stephanie and about to tell her, man, you look really good when you left the house this morning. I mean, he's like, oh no, you know, I don't, don't want to get caught up in that, right? So. <laughs> and I've gotten texts like that and it makes you feel really, and I've sent texts like that. It makes you feel really weird. One time I was, I was, <laughs> y'all, I got to tell you this. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day. And I was setting something up for Shannon, my wife, Shannon. I mean, I was setting it up. And I invited Shannon Amos to the greatest Valentine's Day dinner that this church. And he's like, he said, dude, I don't think you meant for me to, to. So anyway, that's the kind of text strain I was trying to stay out of, right? So I'm like, oh gosh, Scott's sending me all this stuff. And Scott, he's great, man. He can like do anything. And so I thought, man, maybe this is something that he's, so you can tell right in the middle of the text line, I'm like, question mark, question mark, stop. You know, this, this is, you, I want you to realize this is not, he just keeps saying, right? And at the end, I wrote, huh? Right, just like, and he texts back, he goes, dude, that's Grace and Joy House. 
That's the house. Didn't even recognize it. Listen, y'all. New season on Thursday. They got their certificate of occupancy. It was supposed to happen in August. They got their certificate of occupancy Thursday. He was sending me those pictures, let me know, hey, they finished. And listen to me, y'all. When we said yes to that project, it, that's a hundreds of thousands of dollars remodel. That house was, was a mess. We, we didn't have near the money to be able to do what they've just done. Do y'all know how much we gave to that project? And, and listen, we, we, we gave the house. That's all we really had to give. But as a church, we've only given $4,800. That's, that's not even enough to pour that concrete in the driveway. I mean, it's, it's not even close, but that's all we really had. But you know what that house is? It's a testimony of Isaiah 65.5. There is a sign in our front yard that if you will minister to the brokenhearted, to the poor in spirit, God will bring provision from far away places. And I stopped in there to talk to the guy. He said, man, the stuff for the, and he, he said these words, the stuff for this house has come in from everywhere. Isaiah 65, 5. There's no way you can leave this church anymore without looking at something that says, God is saying, if you'll follow me, I will bring the provision from lots of different places. So in praying about the budget a couple of weeks ago, the Lord laid on my heart Isaiah 37 verses 30 through 32. is one of those moments where he said, this right here is it. This, this needs to be your philosophy. And it comes from the story of Hezekiah. And I'll give you just a quick overview because I've got like eight minutes. But signs are really important in the book of Isaiah. Signs. The Lord will give you a sign. And, and the first time that happens is with Hezekiah's father. His name is Ahaz. And, and the Lord is telling him in Isaiah chapter uh, 7, right? He's like, hey, listen, I know there's a gathering army, but man, if you'll trust me, he tells him, be careful, be quiet, don't fear, don't let your heart be faint. And then he tells him, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. And then God does something, the only time he does it in the Bible, he says, ask me for a sign. It can be as high as the heaven or as low as the earth, however big or small you want. Just ask and God will show you that he's going to be faithful and he's going to provide for you. And Ahaz balks at it. He says no. So then we have the Lord, he said in verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive, bear a son, you'll call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 9 that we sang a few moments ago confirms that. God is going to do it whether Ahaz wants to be a part of it or not. That is what God is determined to do. But Ahaz misses it. So now it comes the time of Hezekiah. And that army that was on the border for Ahaz has surrounded Jerusalem. And in Isaiah 36, Sennacherib, who is the leader of that army, sends a guy called the Rabshakeh. He's like the spokesman for the army. And if you look at that as Isaiah chapter 36, the Rabshakeh tells you, listen, every imaginable bad way this could turn out. Do you ever have the Rabshakeh in your mind? When God's telling you, hey, just trust me, follow this, and in your mind is every way it could possibly go wrong. That's what Rabshakeh does. He lives in my head. 
So he's telling the people, don't let Isaiah come or Hezekiah come and tell you to trust God. If you, you're going to trust that God, we knocked this temple down. We've mowed down every God and every other. Don't trust your king. Don't trust the Lord. He's shouting this at the people. You know what Hezekiah does? He calls for the prophet and he prays. And in Isaiah chapter 37, God tells Isaiah, this is what I'm going to do. And in verse 30, he tells him, this is the plan of what, this is going to be your sign. Do you believe this? And y'all understand this, listen. A sign, it, it's not up to us for us to call for a sign from God. Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Don't approach the Lord of, I'll believe it if you give me a sign. Listen, the way signs work is, God gives you the sign, and then he says, are you going to believe it? And you don't know what it's going to be. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't plan it. He just gives it and says, here's the possibility if you'll follow after me. And I believe this is going to be our next three years. He says, this will be a sign for you. This year, you shall eat of what grows of itself. The second year, what springs from that? Then in the third year, sow and reap and plant vineyards and eat their fruit. I believe this year is going to be a year in which we replenish. God is going to cause some things that we're already doing to grow. What you see happening in that budget right there is us investing in what we're already doing. The most significant increase in that budget is in personnel, right? We've got some staff members that have not had a raise in several years. And if you know anything that's been going on the last three years in our country, it costs a lot more money now to live than it did three years ago. We, we need to do better for our staff. We, we want to keep the staff that we've got, right? It also, and, and I'll say this, you, you ought to be incredibly thankful to Corbin and Linda because that budget shows you what they gave us for the last five to nine years. It costs a lot to replace them. And they've just given of themselves. And, and so we need to be faithful to that. There is a significant increase for the Spring Place campus. Man, we need to do better out there. That's a mission. We talked about the Lottie Moon mission. This is one in our backyard that we have, have really not poured enough into, in the mark, into the ministry there. There's a lot more money for Celebrate Recovery. There's more money for the student ministry. There's more money for child care. One of the reasons there's a lot more money in there for child care, and I'll, I'll just put this out there to y'all, we don't have enough volunteers. We just don't. If we had more volunteers, it won't cost us this much. So, I believe that's what the Lord is going to do. And, and I'll say this to you, and I think it's, it's a really cool thing. The way God has been stirring in our prayers for the people, for Him to send spirit-filled people for the, the worship position, for the children's position. Y'all, listen, I, I'll tell you this. There's one of those people that if it doesn't work out, I can't wait to see who he's going to send in that person's place because this person is amazing, amazing. And I'm not telling you that's going to be the person, but this person's really exciting. Our children's ministry, wow. It's, it's, it's going to be incredible under this person's leadership if this is the person God has for us. And what's wild about that, Michael shared this with me. So a couple of months ago in the prayer meeting, he was standing there praying that God would send us a spirit-filled children's leader. While he was praying that, at 5.45 in the afternoon, this person's resume came to his phone. 
I'm just telling you, it did. The Grace and Joy House is a sign. The 106 baptisms so far this year is a sign. Yesterday, I got one more sign, right? So I'm sitting there yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about I'm putting all this stuff together. And I'm like, God, this sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. And the Lord just kind of prompts me, look back at the picture of the Bible in Cade's Cove. So for the last 12, 14 months I've told this story, I've always just said it was turned to the book of Isaiah. So I zoomed into that picture. Y'all know where it was turned to? Go back to, the, go back to this picture. You can't see it, right? So the Bible on, my Bible on Thursday was on Isaiah 26.3. That's the picture I took in October of 2002. I zoomed into it. Y'all see where it is in the book of Isaiah? It's on Isaiah 26.3. That Bible in Cage Cove was there, and now 14 months later, I've seen the Lord has gone before me to tell me, hey, listen, I'm going to do a great work. Trust in me. Whew. There's no way you can plan something like that. It's incredible. So this next verse, verse 31, I think is so significant for our church, and this is where the challenge, the invitation comes for you to join us. The surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. That's us. That's us. So in February, I will have been the pastor here for 12 years. I can't believe that, but it's been 12 years that, that I've been privileged to be the pastor of this church. And when I came here in 2012, we had a significant challenge, a clear plan of what God wants to do. It was to get on this campus. There was a hole in the ground here. And we were grossly underfunded to be able to do that. I began to look at those numbers like, there's no way. So I challenged the church and we adopted this kind of phrase that God gave us. We would not rob God on the way to relocation. We need to be faithful to our ministries, to our giving, because if we show up at this new campus and we've grossly underfunded the plan that God's given us. We've got a great building, but no ministry. And so I challenge the church, and I, I want to show you this. This, this is our, um, a snapshot of giving. So I came in 2012, and that's what the giving was, $577,000 that year. At the end of that year, I stood in front of the church, and I said, I believe this is the plan. And I, I want to encourage you to, to believe in it, to give to it, and join in with us. And you can see how the church responded. It increased from 577,213, increased almost uh, $250,000 to $813,000. 2014, $959,000. 2015, first time in the history of the church, the church gave over a million dollars. And that's happened every year since 2015. You can see a three year of people taking root and bearing fruit. And I want to say this. There's a lot of those people that were here 12 years ago who are no longer with us. But man, I'm thankful for them. I really am. We're enjoying this building because of them. We're enjoying the ministries that we have because of them. We're enjoying the staff that we have because of them. They gave for whatever reason. They left or went someone else. A lot of them passed away. But man, I'm going to tell you, those people believed it. They took root and they bore fruit. Some of you are still here. 
You were in that moment. You remember these stories. And I'm thankful for you. You're part of that remnant who's, who's gotten through on the other side. And you've been faithful to give. And man, you've been faithful to do great things. Many of those people are, are, are business leaders. And man, they've, they've given a lot of stuff. But since that time, they've retired. A lot of people have retired who are still here, sold their businesses. Their financial situation has changed in a, in a drastic way. And so when our, our other remnant is the people you've come in the last 12 years. You've, the Lord's led you here, and I'm thankful for that. But here's what I want to challenge us to do right now, because I believe this is a pivotal moment in the life of the church. I believe God's given us a plan. But we need to take root. Listen, y'all, we've been enjoying the fruit of a group of people in 2012 who said, this is my church. This is what God's telling us to do, and we're going we're gonna to give to it, and we're going to serve, and we're going to join. And, and we're enjoying that. And listen, there's so many of you who are new, and I'm challenging you now. I, I want to invite you into what God is doing. Make this your church. Serve. Join. Give. Because I believe this year is going to be a year of replenishment, the next year is going to be a year in which he reproduces. This year we'll eat of what grows of itself. Man, we're going to invest in what we're already doing. Next year we're going to eat the fruit of what springs from that. The Lord's going to reproduce. And then three years from now, just like you saw happen right there, man, we're going to begin to reap. That's where the Fort Oglethorpe campus came from. That's where the Spring Place campus came from. That's where this building came from. So many things came three years later after those people said, this is what God's telling us to do. This is our church. And man, we're going to get on board. I believe for those who will, if you went back 12 years ago to the people who were here and you asked them, what was your personal experience in those 12 years? I believe they're in a different place than they were 12 years ago. I believe they can tell you story after story after story about what God's done in their own personal life. And I think what you see in that passage right there, if it's going to happen as a church, I believe it's going to be woven together in the tapestry of stories of God in people's personal lives, helping you to eat what grows of itself this year, helping you see things spring from that next year, in the third year, sowing and reaping and planting vineyards in your own life and eating their fruit. I believe there's going to be so many stories woven together that make this one big story of of us three, four years, five years, 12 years from now, turn around going, look what God did. Look what God did. And I also believe, y'all, that provision is going to come if we dare to do this and we dare to say yes to God. I believe there's going to be provision come from faraway places because every time we drive out, we see a testimony of God saying, I tell, I'm telling you, if you'll just do what I'm telling you to do. So listen, I... <laughs> know the story of the Bible and all those kind of things. It's wild and it's weird, and it is. But, but I'm going to tell you kind of what Jesus told Nathaniel, right? Nathaniel's like amazed that God saw him under the tree, right, praying. And Jesus looked at him and said, dude, you ain't seen nothing yet. That, I, think, I think that's just a, a little nudge of God going, man, I'm telling you, just trust me. Trust me. So God is speaking. God is working, and he loves you, and he's pursuing a personal relationship with you, but he is inviting us 
to join him in his work of what he's doing here at Liberty and making us an Isaiah 61 church. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a moment? I know we're a little bit over time for life groups. I get that, but I want to give us an opportunity to respond to to an invitation and, and just to come and pray over this. What would God have us to do? This week is a vote, right? Next week we take a vote, yes or no. This week you have the opportunity to ask questions. What's this mean? Why'd you do this? There's some really great stories about the numbers that you see there. So I would invite you to ask some questions and And I think you'll hear some really exciting things. But I want to pray, and then let's just kind of gather in this altar as we end the service together in an altar prayer, just asking God to give us discernment, wisdom, and provision. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for what we've seen happen over these last 12 years, for people that 12 years ago sowed into believing you had a great plan for this church. And now, Lord, here we are, a remnant generation, people with a lot of different stories to bring us to this moment. But we need to take root. We need to take root. And we need to bear fruit. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.